One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Hafsa and welcome to the Mind Pretty Soul podcast where I get to talk about that which gives you peace of mind, keeps you looking pretty and the things that make your soul sing with incredible women that inspire me. I just wanted to give a massive, massive thank you to you lovely listeners, especially those of you who've shared the podcast and have left reviews on Apple Podcasts. It really helps in spreading the podcast far and wide, so much so that Mind Pretty Soul was number 100 in Apple Podcasts education chart in the UK and number 47 in their self-improvement chart not only that but the podcast charted in countries like finland belgium denmark and mauritius you have no idea how much that made my month <laughs> something else that's made my month are some welcome changes to the podcast i'm sure you've noticed by now that the artwork has had a bit of a makeover and a nip and tuck Secondly, Mind Pretty Soul is now on YouTube. To give you a different listening experience or an enhanced one, depending on your point of view when it comes to podcasts on YouTube, I thought I'd share episode snippets on YouTube, which you can watch either by clicking on the link in the show notes. While some of us are strictly audio when it comes to podcasts, there are those who are strictly visual. So whichever camp you fit into, I'm sure you'll enjoy what's to come on YouTube. Moving on, we're now in the thick of autumn. It's a time that's symbolic for rest and rejuvenation. If self-care was a season, I think it would definitely be autumn. And taking good care of yourself is something my guest Selma Malumi and I talk about in this episode. Selma's an integrative health coach and a graduate in biology and an MSc in medicinal natural products and phytochemistry at UCL. Selma gives us some incredible, invaluable tips on taking care of yourself through the colder months. And she made a really interesting point about autumn and winter that will stick with me. Autumn and winter, you know, autumn is where the leaves start to shed what no longer serves them. So it's actually really interesting why they shed their leaves. They're not photosynthesizing at an adequate rate anymore to sustain themselves. So it will cost them more energy to maintain the leaves. So yeah. they just understand this, they acknowledge this, and then they just shed. And it's okay to leave what no longer serves you. I'll leave you now to go and enjoy the episode. Happy listening. I remember when we first met, which we didn't actually physically meet because it was during the pandemic, but we virtually met at an event um, by... Civic, Civic Civic Square, Square, yeah, Square, yeah, Civic Square, mm-hmm. and it was an event about 
um, you basically like holistic healing and herbalism and all of these different things and how our traditions have influenced us, if, if that's what I can remember. But mm-hmm. I just remember hearing you speak that day and I was just like, girl is insane. So talented, <laughs> so smart. She knows oh. exactly, how, like she knows her stuff. Like, thank you incredible. so much. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. That's, it's the goodness of, it's a reflection of what is within you. Um, I truly believe that when we interact with people in, on a certain level, it's just a reflection. It's just a mirror. So it exists within you. So. oh babe thank you for flattering no. me <laughs> but it's true I do think though I do honestly think what you see in others is a lot of the time a reflection of yourself so whether it's the mm-hmm. flaws you see in someone else or the goodness that you see in someone else in a way you're right that it's like a lot of the time people can be a mirror because I don't think we just see people in isolation definitely yeah. couldn't agree more and that's how I roll that's, that's how, how you roll. roll so how yeah. do you roll tell us a bit about yourself and your background and the work you do I mean I know a lot of it but I think we're going to learn a lot more anyway, but yeah, go ahead. Okay. Mike is yours. So, thank you so much. So my name is Salma. I also go by the Instagram name Seeds of Salma. It's how people refer to me as, and I'll have to take you back a few years um, just to give you like a, um, like a timeline of events. Essentially, my Instagram is focused on holistic well-being, healing through nutrition and herbs, um, outdoors, um, sort of connection to outdoors, um, and also Islam and Islam ties all of these things beautifully. So I studied biology at university. And then in my final year, I really had to sit down and think about what like path I wanted to take next, because biology is so broad. Like we covered everything from cell biology to ecology to anatomy and physiology of like human beings. Like it was so broad. So I had to sit down and think, okay, what am I going to do now? So I did a bit of research and I really thought about what I wanted to do and my impact um, that I wanted to leave on the world. And I really considered plants I really loved plants I really thought they were really overlooked and then I also really appreciated um, the human body and the intricacies within it and how to heal it I actually found the perfect master's degree that sort of cuff pulled my love for the natural world and my love for sort of healing the body and you know gently through herbs and through other healing modalities and then it's basically called medicinal natural products and phytochemistry so I studied that for one entire year it was probably the most intense academic year of my life but I thoroughly enjoyed it and I learned so much because I felt like I had been like propelled out of my comfort zone so that really sort of got me back on track to um you know considering healing sort of therapies and seeking it as like a potential uh job you know for future endeavors going back a few years actually so when I was 12 years old I had this natural inclination to healing with food like I remember sitting down I had a scrapbook right and I would I don't know if you remember Summerfield yes yes, basically every week they would have this weekly like a food uh, magazine right and I would always take one and sit down read through it um, and there was a lot of like you know the fun facts about vitamin c vitamin b what foods contain this what foods have a lot of this mineral da, da, da. and I would cut these things out and I would stick them wow. in a designated place in the scrapbook I was about 12 13 years old tell me what 12 year old would sit down <laughs> and do that it's really cool <laughs> it was so specific and like alhamdulillah my parents they noticed that from a young age so they would always encourage me they would buy books they would buy you know posters of this sort of um topic of food and 
like vitamins and da da da. And then, um, so I went in GCSE thinking, okay, I definitely want to study nutrition at university. But then I had a conversation with this girl who I thought was my friend at that time, and she managed to put me off studying nutrition through one conversation. And it stuck with me to this day, like the power of word and like the power of a positive word versus a negative word. So she put me off. So I sort of went off track a little bit, but I was always going to find my way back eventually to you know natural remedies and food and here I am now and then after my master's um I was sort of on and off um, employment and then with the pandemic there was an opportunity that um, arose to study a scholarship at an institution called the Integrative Health uh, Practitioner Institute which is based in the U.S. And it was funded, um, so it was sort of uh, developed by this naturopath called Dr. Stephen Cabral. I don't know if you've heard of him, Um, but he's exceptional. And he managed to heal his entire body through his own education and um, seeking uh, like naturopathic and holistic practitioners. And yeah, so I I got the scholarship. It was a dream come true. Like it was a very simple straightforward sort of application process and then you had to sort of talk a bit about your 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 passions on your Instagram that felt very vulnerable for me because it felt like everyone is seeing my dream and what I want to do next Um, but I did it I was like if I get it I get it if I don't at least I've tried exactly and I got it I was like one of six out of like a few hundred and I got it that is actually no small feat by the way that is oh thank you thank you it was I I cried so much because it's like I felt like I was back on track with what I wanted to be in life. And that allowed me to gain the qualifications to um, take on clients to basically guide them in their holistic health journey. So now creating protocols, assessing functional lab results um, in order to tailor a plan for their needs, because everybody is different. Like people ask, oh, what supplements should I take? I would not be able to tell you if I haven't looked at some sort of lab results, you know, because your thyroid might be off or your your iron hemoglobin might be really low. Uh, Like it's different for everyone, um, which is why I don't really do medical advice and DMs anymore. It's just it's just not feasible. You you make such a good point about not giving advice because you you know Nirvana Nirvana being a herbalist always gets DMs about I have Mm. period problems. Um, My period hasn't come in months. And she's like, um. I can't necessarily like fill you through a DM. Like I genuinely don't have that information. I need exactly. so much more information and it would be irresponsible of me to be able to give you advice when there are so many pieces missing. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we need to look at medical history. We need to look at uh, the levels of toxicity, like what you're exposed to on a daily, you know, through parabens and cosmetic products. Um, if there's mold in your home that can really affect your health. How are you sleeping? How's your stress level? How's your daily routine? It's not enough. And I think that's something that I really want people to acknowledge is that it's not one herb that's going to solve your issues. It's not one supplement. It's everything. Like health is so multifaceted. It's not just how you sleep, how you eat. It's how you move. It's how you talk. It's how you think. It's what you read. It's what you do. It's everything in your life. And, And I think that's really what I try to sort of share with people is that we need to look at every aspect, even our spiritual life, even, uh, you know, how we're like in our communities. That's a big contributor to health as well. Um, so it's a complete thing. It's a way of life, basically. It is a way of life. And I think it's something that we shouldn't necessarily take lightly, because if I have a health problem, I could take, um, I don't know, a medication that might help. But actually, a lot of the time, like I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. And a lot of the time I've been told, take the preconce- um, the um 
why can't I think today? The contraceptive pill. (laughs) So I'll be told, take the contraceptive pill. And it might help in terms of kind of masking a lot of the symptoms that I get, like the period problems, the acne, whatever. But it doesn't necessarily address the underlying issues. But also at the same time, I've gone to naturopaths, I've gone to gynecologists, and everyone has their own thoughts. But a lot of the time, I've been told it is literally a 360 degree approach. Most of the time I've been told that. And what blew my mind is I remember going to um, an expert and she was like, have you considered your plastic usage? And I was like, what, what do you mean? And I was like, "Um, what? Like, what has that got to do with anything? And she said, yeah, I'm sure you use plastic containers. I'm sure you use plastic bottles. I'm sure you used everything. So that came into mind. Also what came into mind was um, I also came into kind of understanding living according to your cycle. So a lot of the time we just consider our period and that's it. But actually what about all of the events that take place before your period, Mm -hmm. for example, like you have the luteal phase, you have um, all of these different stages. And I was like, well, I didn't even consider that because in your mind, you just think of your menstruation and that's it but actually there are all of these different events that take place prior and also after as well and living according to that honoring the fact that at some point in your cycle your body might feel a bit more lazy therefore you need to kind Mm -hmm. of honor that and rest whereas there might be some stages in your cycle where you've got a bit more energy and and that's when you can kind of really go like full speed with working out or Mm -hmm. there are like certain movements are probably better than others and you might feel moodier in this stage of your cycle. You might feel more depressed in this stage. You might feel happier. And I, and honestly, like, I think we shouldn't just think addressing problems is just one thing. It's literally like a 360. So I really like what you were mentioning mm-hmm. just now. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it reminds <laughs> me of the fact that um, we're a microcosm of the macrocosm. So we, we have an ecosystem within and we are living in an ecosystem. And if we go against you know the natural cycles you know the the way the hormones sort of change throughout the month you know in this really synchronized dance um if we go against that then we're going to see a lot more problems and unfortunately you know a lot of like more and more women are are suffering from you know these uh, menstrual issues you know sometimes their period doesn't come sometimes they have really bad pms and i think we need to take a lot more of a holistic approach and i really appreciate um the fact that you mentioned the, the doctor who's talking about plastic no one talks about plastic but no bpa is such a toxic endocrine disrupting chemical and it's everywhere like it's even being found in in embryos in in umbilical cords in embryos now they're oh, finding wow. microplastics wow. in unborn babies and it just feels like like we're losing like control fast like you're trying to find a way out but it's like it feels like it's closing in on us but I try not to go down this like hole of despair I try to just think about what we can do because it's very easy to just like panic and be like oh my gosh I I don't know what to do anymore I've lost control like what's the point exactly like we're gonna die anyway but that's not a good mentality and in Islam like um, we believe that our bodies are given to us as a trust as a loan from God So yeah. we call this an amena. Um, and when someone lends you something, you're going to do your best to look after it as much as possible, even more than it was your own. Um, and that's sort of the same approach that we should have with our bodies. You know, we're not here for a long time, but we should still, you know, look after it to the best of our ability, to the best of our knowledge. And when you're looking after it, you know, proactively through your, um, you know, your daily rituals, you're actually showing gratitude you're showing shukr to Allah Um, and I think that's the approach that we should have and unfortunately like if you look at the statistics obesity cardiovascular diseases diabetes they are sky high 
I'm thinking there's a big disconnect between our understanding of our bodies and health and religion. And even if you look at the Prophet's lifestyle, وسلم, how he lived, he would have one meal a day. It's what they call intermittent fasting now, right? Yeah. He would be yeah. active. He would sleep well. He would sleep early. He'd sleep after Isha and wake up at Fajr and, and then have a nap. You know, it's we just need to live according to the sunnah a bit more um, instead of just... Listen, what you're saying is so spot on because honestly, I think a lot of the time that is the idea of, of living is absent from things like um, fiqh or how we approach things. Like a lot of the time we're, we're, we're rightly talking about other things like worship and all of these other things. But a lot of the time our shayukh aren't giving us advice on how to look after our health. We're not told, by the way, have a third of air in your stomach, a third Mm -hmm. for water and a third for um, food. Completely. Honestly, and I wish we could see in, I mean, I know mosques have a lot of sort of responsibilities. There's other um, things to push forward in terms of awareness, but health is really important, especially, you know, with the pandemic and the fact that it's ongoing. It just indicates that maybe people haven't completely understood what health actually is like it's not as complicated as it was made out to be Um, and fair enough there is a lot out there but if we go back to our tradition if we go back to you know fasting Monday to Thursday Monday and Thursday sorry um fasting has just it's revolutionized the health world actually all of these like health gurus are now like encouraging fasting it's like guys we've been doing this a or five two or whatever it is like and (laughs) it's so interesting because there are scientific reports and evidences that show actually that there's so much benefit to actually living like this and yeah. I like that you talked about the prophet because actually he wasn't eating meat all the time um, mm-hmm. he was very much living according to his means as well so not really stuffing his face during Ramadan do you know what I mean no whereas way. with us yeah Ramadan it's crazy because that's a lot of, like a lot of the time like coming from a Somali background, that's the time where I'm the most unhealthiest if I'm mm-hmm. unconscious about it because we're pulling out all the stops. Like you're cooking all of the fried food, you're cooking all mm-hmm. of the best food you can think of and it's all fried, sugary, so much flour, so much sugar, so much mm-hmm. oil, everything. And I'm thinking after all of the hours that we spent fasting and purifying our bodies, are we going to fill it again with all of this stuff? And actually yeah. you're kind of, you're rewinding, you're just, you're not, you're reversing Basically. everything that you did exactly exactly and i just on the topic of fasting i just wanted to talk about one specific um benefit of fasting um and it's de- totally right like it does definitely feel like you're just completely undoing all of the hard work and when we think about it spirituality is highly connected to your physical body because the body is basically just holding our soul so if you're feeding if you're like doing your best in terms of your acts of worship and your you know your acts of charity and doing good you're trying to purify your soul then surely you should try and purify how you eat as well because those two are very interconnected mind body soul like I like how your name is mind free soul they're very (laughs) they're the same thing like there's no separation and but going back to what I wanted to talk about I wanted to talk about autophagy which is the main sort of known benefit of fasting so once you reach 24 hours of um complete no completely like not ingesting any food although Ramadan is like 14 16 hours if you extend the longer you extend your fast the more your cells sort of start to have this like natural um recycling process where your cells are basically um consuming like dead or toxic um cells um through a process called phagocytosis so it's basically engulfing and then using sort of recycling that to create new healthier cells and there was a study by Longo et al and it was published in cell and they found that 72 hours of fasting can completely rejuvenate 
the immune system like it switches on like uh, the white uh, the white blood cells production basically so it completely flushes out all of the toxins wow. um, and you're basically better than you were before um, so fasting is definitely something that I would encourage I would say for longer fast it would be best to do it with like a like um, an expert just yeah. so they can guide Someone's you a bit more guide you. Yeah. yeah 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 it can be quite taxing on the body especially if the body has a high toxic load um so it'd be best to receive some some guidance because you recently did that I saw on your Instagram you'd recently <laughs> done a fast what was that like and how long did you do it for yeah so actually this fast was part of um, a detox program that I was doing and it's something that I now encourage all of my clients to do so it, it's called Dr Cabral Detox so it's from Dr Stephen Cabral and he encourages yeah. that to all of his clients when they first start off to sort of start afresh um yeah. so it was a 24 sorry it wasn't it was like a five day program and you fast for two days and then you eat for the rest of the days, like normally breakfast, lunch, dinner. Yeah. Um, but for the first two days, I was taking the supplements and I was taking like a shake, which meant that I wasn't deficient in any minerals or nutrients. Yeah. Um, and that was a bit challenging. Um, so I'm naturally quite small. So I feel like I didn't have enough reserves to keep me going. <laughs> yeah. But it was really insightful. I mean, I've done a water fast before but this I reached about 60 hours of not eating wow just drinking and taking supplements and it felt a bit I can't lie it was a bit tough but I could really feel my body doing the work like I was trusting my body to do what it had to do and we need to remember that the body is a highly intelligent system like it knows what to do if you give it the right condition and if you trust it I think it's all about trust and trust in your creator you created every single system every single cell you know yeah and it's not for the faint-hearted because I don't <laughs> like I, I I doubt that anyone could do it if they didn't necessarily have the support that you did because it's not something you can just be like yeah I'm just gonna fast for 60 hours no. because like you said you were taking supplements and also mm-hmm. you're being guided by an expert as well so yeah we don't mm-hmm. recommend anyone yeah yeah more. if you're thinking of doing it at home please don't have Disclaimer. an expert with you yeah please do. <laughs> <Support> yeah. <you. laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> but I wanted to talk about you mention a lot of things about Islam and how Islam has influenced um, a lot of your kind of thinking when it comes to health and well-being and healing and things. Mm-hmm. And personally, what drew me to you, one of the things that drew me to you was how Islam and faith intersects with healing, with health, with well-being, with wellness. Mm-hmm. So has that always been there for you? And also, how do you kind of merge them all together? Mm, um I think Islam has played a big part in my life over the past say four or five years and for me like Islam is a way of life like if we truly follow it then we'll have a better sort of outlook our mindset will be a lot more stronger um even the way we eat our habits uh, the way we interact with people for me it's just it's a way of life so I try to um, remember what my intentions are when I for example take a supplement or when I go on a walk like everything can be like an act of uh, gratitude it can be um, from gratitude to Allah if you're doing something to look after your body so that you're looking basically looking after the soul you're sort of nurturing the soul within um, like yesterday I was on the walk yesterday it was like a proper spiritual walk <laughs> wow. um, and I just try to be very intentional what I do I mean I take my tasbih beads and I just observe, like I put my phone away, I don't have headphones, and I just observe what is around me, I observe the trees, I observe the clouds, and I just use that as a moment to reaffirm my belief, um, yeah. 
and it's you feel really refreshed because you're paying attention and Allah asks us to pay attention to his signs Um, and it's all there in front of us but we're always on our phones we're always distracted we're always thinking about the next thing the next movie the next this the next that that we're not actually tuning in to the truth and it's something that I was actually talking to my friend yesterday is that we lost the habit of being silent it's fine to not do anything it's fine to sit and just reflect it's what the prophet used to do you know, he used to go to Cave Hera before he received his revelation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right? And we need to actually normalize a bit of solitude here. And it's it's fine. Like, community is a big aspect of health as well. And it's something that we should, you know, actively seek. We should also actively seek solitude here and there. Um, and also stress, sorry, noise is stressful for our bodies, like excess noise. Yes. Right? I could talk about this all the time. Honestly, I could always talk like yeah. literally a friend of mine um, and I were talking and she is a mental health professional. So she is a psychologist. And we were mm. talking about how living in a city like London, where you hear sirens every day, and I'm pretty sure I can hear sirens on the other side of my building right now. Yeah. <laughs> They're literally, I'm not, I, I, I hope the mic is picking this up. Oh, it's stopped now. <laughs> but literally, that is a point that you're hearing sirens every minute there's another mm. one that's going off right now um in the city the bus, right the train mm. oh i've missed my train that's a mini stress that's gonna mm. add to your body the sirens the noise the constant buzz in the city is always going to add to so much stress and stress isn't necessarily significant events that happen in your life like you've gone through a massive family calamity or you're going through debt or something a lot of the time stress can just be these mini mini stressful events that just kind of compound absolutely I remember I think two years ago they were drilling outside for like two weeks straight from 8 a.m to 6 p.m and I actually it's it was like very loud it was just across the road here and it got to the point where I felt like I couldn't even think straight it just shows that we're not meant to constantly be in that sort of environment and we need to actually seek you know peace and you feel better when you've just had nothing like no music no sort of background noise just peace and quiet and it affected me to a point where I thought I was going to lose my mind I was like when is this going to stop and I don't know if it was with anyone else or maybe I've just reached a level where I'm really in tune with how I feel Mm. and I connect it to sort of my daily happenings that is very easy for me to you know acknowledge that I'm not happy or because there's this going on or there's something outside that's really bothering me um and I think self-awareness is also something that I share a lot about um and it's a journey it's a lifetime of acknowledging your temperament your character your emotional Mm. state and doing the best you can to sort of do things that are conducive to that yeah yeah you have to I think be quite mindful about everything in the sense that you are mindful about how um, for example, your diet can affect you, your environment can affect you, like you just mentioned, um, mm-hmm. this drilling that's going on is impacting your your body as well. And sometimes if you're not as aware, like you mentioned, that you're quite aware of yourself and your body and, and you're just your surroundings as well and how that can impact you, someone might not necessarily be so mindful about that and conscious, but mm. something's going on in their body that they might feel it, yeah. but they, they're not actually quite able to put their finger on it. Like, why am I feeling this way? They just know that they are feeling a certain way, that they know they're, they're stressed more than, more than, for example, that they're used to, or I'm more anxious, or my body isn't necessarily like I've, I've got a bit of back pain, or I'm really tense in my shoulders, I've got knots. 
but you're not able to really pinpoint why Mm. exactly you're feeling that way Mm -hmm. it just reminds me that we've become so disconnected from ourselves we're living in sort of concrete jungles you know we sometimes I don't even see daylight you know with this remote working and we just need to be proactive with trying to maintain that connection as much as possible So it's been the second year now that I've had the pleasure, absolute pleasure of organising hikes for Muslim women. And for me, people see it and they're like, oh, it's so cute. I want to join. It's not just a hike for me. It's a spiritual experience. It's um, a form of political activism. It's a form of community, you know, collectivising a group of like minded women who wouldn't actually meet in an average day. Um, So I originally I started it not knowing that there was such a need for it and such demand and interest. Like I thought, okay, there'll be a few nature lovers like me, but nothing major. And then now it's been the second year that I've done it. The group chat has like over 100 women. I started off with 15. I thought I'd have this 15 forever. And subhanAllah, like each time I do it, I'm just I just get such a good uh, reception. Like it's received so well. And like, alhamdulillah, ask anyone who's come. Like, I just really go out of my way to make sure that the women are comfortable. Like, people come alone and they leave with five more friends, six more friends. And I feel like we need this as women, as Muslim women as well, who are from inner cities, who maybe don't have that access to the outdoors, which unfortunately has been whitewashed. It's become a white domain for white middle class people to, you know, do on a Saturday or Sunday when they're walking their dog. But it's for us, like Allah has made the land as our masjid and we pray, we do dhikr, you know, it's ours, it's home. We're British, we're British Muslims and we shouldn't be so scared to appreciate that. And I think we definitely need to uh, expand out of our comfort zone. The literal zone six of London is our comfort zone. So I think we need to do a lot more in terms of just getting out there making ourselves visible in the space of the of the outdoors um, and alhamdulillah i'm seeing a lot more muslim hiking groups especially up north because they have yeah. the, oh like, my god they've, they've got everything, and... everything there they've got yeah. everything. honestly yeah. up north is so yeah i think yeah when you when you consider places like lake district you're right yeah they're so much luckier than us <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's worth it for that i guess and it's just been amazing to meet like like you wouldn't believe how many like-minded people there are um, until you meet them it's just a blessing personally I love that you've turned something like hiking into an opportunity to worship and that's why I say yeah. that I love that you intersect wellness with Islam and it's just something that we don't really think of that's why mm. I find it so fascinating and I really want to talk about it that you like as Muslims we are told like you mentioned earlier we're told that our bodies are a trust mm-hmm. we have to basically look after our bodies we've been given this body we're basically essentially we're borrowing these bodies and we Mm -hmm. have to do best by our bodies we have to basically look after it to the best of our abilities but also it's an opportunity to turn that into a means of worship and the fact that you're going hiking and it's not just a hike that you can just walk around and be like oh great which would have been perfect anyway even if you didn't turn it into an opportunity to to worship but actually on top of that you've used it on as an opportunity to do things like the dhikr like how did you Mm think of that honestly like my mind is just blown when I think of oh that. thank you do you know what <laughs> for me I just try to implement Islam as much as possible like we all have our struggles but I think when we fix our intentions like when we like there's a really nice quote um intentions can turn sand into gold and wow. if you really sit down like before doing a hike I think to myself okay what is my intention today you can turn an average hike into like thousand hesanat like you would never know how it could help you on the day of judgment or in your grave 
um and you you actually subhanallah it feels rejuvenating like after a long hike you'd expect me to be like exhausted i actually feel enriched um you know not only with the conversations i've been having throughout the day but also the fact that we were looking at the trees or the sunlight filtering through the trees and thinking, well that's beauty from allah like it's it really can change an experience and i think we just need to be a lot more intentional about how we go about our daily lives like anything like even a walk even a walk in your local area um you know you're getting your movement in why to look after your body uh, you're doing dhikr to praise allah you know you're just constantly trying to bring yourself back to the the essence of your existence really yeah. um so it's a it's something that i'm still working on and it's something that i think i'll work on for the rest of my life um, yeah but it's lovely to be able to sort of share that experience with other people as well yeah especially because us being from a place like london you're rarely ever going to have opportunities to go hiking unless you're actually intentional about it and i always try to get my friends to go hiking i'm like let's go on a hike and they're always like yeah we're gonna do it we're gonna do it and then it falls through because <laughs> we've all got our own commitments our family lives mm. our personal lives our work lives but actually when you take the time for it like being in london means that you're basically surrounded by buildings you're rarely ever seeing nature unless i actually go out of my way to go to a local park or mm-hmm. you're so you, and especially if you're living in places that don't necessarily have parks as well like there are certain parts of the city that are so deprived of that that actually the reality is that they're going to be exposed more to pretty much illegal levels of pollution more than they're ever going to be able yeah. to see like a, a, a bunch of trees like grouped together for example so mm-hmm. for people like us who are living in cities like this I think we actively have to make sure that we do that and we actually go on hikes or we go on walks and we're mm-hmm. mindful about what we see around us and the the little nature that we do get to see at least be appreciative of it because it's so infrequent exactly exactly and even if you start to look at the politics and the economic side of it you'll oh, see yeah. that okay who lives in these um sort of yes. poor environments yeah. you know the concrete jungles the council estates who really lives in it it's yeah. us it's the working yeah, class people of color. yeah and yeah the class and yeah so decreased access to nature is um correlated with you know higher chances of mortality through cardiovascular disease through because you're not getting maybe enough uh, vitamin d you're not getting enough movement and the fact that also mental health issues are on the rise mental health and nature are really closely related even just seeing the color green it calms your nervous system down yeah um, and i think it's on us to sort of take that and think okay we have this data we it's very obvious what's happening so let's do our best our best even if it's a park walk like our best to just make sure we get an adequate sort of contact with nature because we are from nature there is no separation so now that it's autumn you mentioned going on walks and taking care of your mental health and how actually the walking can impact your mental health for me over the years what I generally do is I've come to make sure that I go on nature walks particularly during autumn because I know that I'm more prone to kind of feeling a bit down so that's when I kind of take my vitamin d and I take quite a high dose as well because Mm. studies show that most women of color so black and asian women in particular will have pretty much depleted all of their levels of vitamin D by the time it's about January or February. So I mm-hmm. actively make steps to taking high vitamin D. I go for walks, especially like kind of early on in the morning, because that's when 
the sun will be kind of up more than when you're kind of approaching towards like the, the sunset. And also I'm taking my supplements, I'm taking my herbs. But with you, like, is there anything in particular that you personally do and also even recommend to your clients to kind of take care of themselves during these months? So when we talk about autumn and winter, we need to understand that firstly, we're going into a very introspective season. So in traditional Chinese medicine, they, um, they call this yin energy. So it's quite yes. cold, it's quite dark you're naturally withdrawing from the world as we see with animals you know they start to hibernate they start to conserve the energy and that's something that we definitely need to implement more you know eating um, warming vegetables such as root veg so you have your squashes pumpkin turnip sweet potatoes that sort of thing um, using a lot of warming spices warming herbs ginger turmeric chili to sort of clear the sinuses um and also taking like slowing down slowing the pace down and they also teach in um traditional Chinese medicine that winter is not the time to start new projects it's actually the time to sort of wrap up for the year and then conserve your energy so that by the time the following spring comes you'll be able to sort of blossom because you know you haven't spent the winter exhausting your energy but you've actually you've, you've sort of recharged and then that's when you can flourish with the birds and the trees and everything and you can flourish mm. and you can sort of execute your plans um, to the best of your ability. And I'd also say um, in terms of like exercise, it's okay to take things slower. So yeah. you might not be too keen on running. I'm not a runner, by the way, but you might <laughs> not be too keen on cardio in the cold or you might not be doing too many weights at the gym. Um, you might opt for slower sort of uh, forms of movement such as such as tai chi qigong um even just brisk walks are really good um and you get that fresh clean air in your lungs um and just sort of slowing down the season and understanding that it's okay yeah and also another thing because i also like the emotional aspect of autumn and winter you know autumn is where the leaves start to shed what yes. no longer serves them so it's actually really interesting why they shed their leaves they're not making adequate uh, they're not photosynthesizing at an adequate rate anymore to sustain themselves so it will cost them more energy to maintain the leaves so yeah. they just understand this they acknowledge this this is my biology side coming out um and then they just shed and it's okay to leave what no longer serves you yeah. um, and to also journal and document these sort of uh, thoughts that arise and that's sort of how I would go about it so it's not only the physical but it's also the emotional and the mental side to it it's real symbolism so actually just let it go just let mm -hmm. it flow if something doesn't necessarily serve you in life or something that shouldn't exactly. necessarily be in your life just let it go let it and be. it's fine exactly Effortlessly. yeah yeah and that's that's really my approach to things but sometimes it might look like I'm really nonchalant like I don't care but I just if it's meant to be I know it will happen it will, you know yeah. through my effort through my effort but I'm not gonna force it um, and you also touched upon energy as well. And that's something that I do talk a lot about as well. You do. Um, I love that. I love that you do. Uh, we're energetic beings. Um, and one of my all-time favorite quotes is from Nikola Tesla, who said that if you want to truly understand the secrets of the universe, you must think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration, because that's essentially what we are. You know, when we're yes. interacting with an individual, if you understand someone, if you're truly vibe vibing with them, right? It's the word that has become it. common parlance, right? It means that some either in your brain or your heart, there is a match in the, the waves that's going on. And there's a really good book that I would recommend. Mm -hmm. It talks about the heart, but it, the heart's energy, but from an Islamic perspective, it's called the Inte intelligent heart, the pure heart. Um, I would really recommend yourself and the listeners to um to sort of 
take a look at that book and it talks about all the fact that the heart is a sentient organ like it feels things before you can actually consciously understand it and the gut feeling as well is a separate um topic to be honest but subhanallah like when you're close to someone like within six feet you can actually feel their heart waves like it's the fact that you're creating an electromagnetic field around you that extends six feet yeah and you can you can literally feel people when they come into that you know when you have like a bit of a bad vibe from someone there is in islam we understand that there's hasnadan so thinking well of people yes but also don't be so quick to dismiss that that sort of feeling like it's safe to be discerning i think you just have to be realistically discerning not well i'm just gonna cut them because of this but actually being able to be like you know what I can, like you said, which is think good of others to make excuses for them, but be discerning enough to know that, okay, I might think good of them, but actually I can't just dishonor my gut feeling. My gut feeling is right for a reason. Therefore, I might not necessarily let that person get too close to me. I might give them a a respectable distance. distance. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think the older you get, the more you really start to understand that energy is everywhere and everything is energy. You can just tell yeah like like, honestly I there are times where I want to beat up the younger Hafsa because mm. when it came to just people that she might meet or or when someone's energy might just switch up and you're thinking am I just being paranoid or is this person funny with me and then Mm. you ignore that voice and then eventually you are your intuition was proven right you were right like an idiot you were right and I think that's something that we do as women a lot we sort of undermine that female intuition that's even more powerful than a man's one to be honest like we're naturally more spiritually inclined um even the fact that god has chosen us to be the portal between the spiritual world and the real world like we're the ones who hold a baby for nine months not a man so we have a different level of strength and spiritual intuition than a man sorry guys um um, and yeah just tapping into that and that's where like solitude really comes in you really start to listen to what's going on inside because there's a whole universe inside of you and people will spend a lifetime and not even know the beauty within you know Mm. which is really sad honestly I think we just need to honor what's inside tap Mm. into what's inside like you said through solitude journaling through understanding your body listening to it how does your body react to certain people how does it react to certain Mm. foods how does it react to certain environments what kind of emotions arise in your body what kind of um sensations arise in your body and kind of understanding those patterns and being able to from there say well this is how I feel when I'm around this type of person or this is how I feel when I'm around this type of surrounding or or whatever and then let me try to replicate that as much as possible if it's a good feeling if it's a good sensation around a certain type of person or environment absolutely and I'd also take it one step further and think you know the things that we're exposing ourselves to in terms of what we watch we also need to take that into consideration because unfortunately a lot of the entertainment world now it's I feel like it's becoming an attack on our subconscious mind because there's a lot of dark sort of symbolism and they're sort of playing with fear as well and you need to remember that everything is a vibration and emotions are vibrations so there's this really nice scale which basically it's like a triangle so at the bottom you've got emotions like fear disgust um guilt shame and then it sort of changes it uh, transitions Mm. into like higher order emotions such as love and uh, connection and compassion and the higher you go up the scale the higher it ranks on um in terms of energetic um 
frequency actually i forgot yeah. what the name of it was i'd be so and interested if, to see that because yeah like, i'll send it to you i'd send it to you when i find it but if you're always in a state of fear even if it's like a through watching a horror film or um you know exposing yourself to certain media you're you're going to remain in that and your body is going to actually detect that it's going to react accordingly it's going to switch into a fight or flight response even people are going to be like it's not that deep your body it doesn't understand it's not that deep it will take everything wow. as it is right yeah. it will see it fit your heart is beating fast when you're watching a horror movie it's it, your body is trying to escape it thinks it's a threat because it can't distinguish between what's real and what's not yeah so because it's, it's literally going through the same emotions yeah had it have gone through that really bad thing itself you know exactly and it's then so cortisol cortisol in your blood is is sort of shooting up your your body is starting to produce more glucose because it wants to get ready to run and I'm thinking okay if my body is going through hell when I'm watching something maybe I should choose something a bit less sort of off-putting yeah. for my body that's Just so interesting because of- I have a friend recently the show Squid Game that's everyone, yeah. that everyone's talking about personally I loved it because actually it's insane to think about but actually my body did probably go through the same things <laughs> oh my god these people are actually getting killed and it made my heart race it stressed yeah. me out but I remember a friend yeah. of mine saying I'm actually not going to watch it because shows like that give me anxiety I was like wow like I don't I generally don't watch horror movies personally because I don't like them but mm-hmm. she doesn't watch them because actually they make her anxious and actually exactly. now that you say how you're saying it now like you're rationalizing it in that way that makes so much Mm -hmm. sense that you would avoid things that don't necessarily put your body through the best of emotions and feelings yeah yeah and your nervous system it picks up everything and like our conscious minds will be like it's not that deep just push it away like it's not real you can even watch the bts the behind the scenes but it's still there within your being because now you've absorbed that so now it's with it's like a transfer like it is an energy transfer and then you might not act upon it consciously, but subconsciously, um, it might be the reason why you might have nightmares. Yeah, the effect might linger a bit longer. Um, and then that's where my extreme hypersensitivity comes in as well. Like, I can't yeah. do that stuff. Um, yeah. I'm not shaming anyone who does. You do your thing. You do what makes you happy. But yeah, my nervous system is not built for that. <laughs> We're all individuals, right? Like, I, I know that there are people who have a very high threshold for stuff like that, for roller coasters, for horror movies. And for them, that's how they get their thrill, you know? And I'm like, honestly, I rate you because personally, I don't like roller coasters. My body can't take that. It scares the <laughs> hell out of me. Um, but then there are other people like you sent, like you mentioned yourself, who can't necessarily watch those types of things without kind of going through the emotions and, and kind of putting your nervous system through through that. And honestly, if that's what your body reacts to and how it reacts to it, then mm-hmm. you just have to basically honor that, you know? Exactly. It's honoring whatever season your body is in or whatever your your sort of emotional state is. Yeah. Um, and not being afraid of that as well and just like being confident in your authenticity and just being yourself with everyone you interact with and even on your social media. Like it's very easy with social media. I'm sure you, you understand this as well um, through your platform, but it's very easy to be able to create like a persona that's not you because people will always have an assumption regardless of what you post people will always assume things so I think just meet people at your level really and you can only gain good sort of authentic connections through that because you're not hiding behind um someone that's not you you know exactly exactly and for me now with social media I'm like imposing myself on like a kind of a detox because I realized that I'd wake up in the morning 
it got so bad that I'd wake up in the morning and my charger is right next to my bed. I'd wake up and I'll get all the notifications from Twitter, oh. from Instagram, from, mm-hmm. from Snapchat, whatever. And I'm reading them and I'm like, yeah, why am I going through Instagram? The first thing okay. I do when I wake up is when I go through Instagram. Why mm-hmm. am I doing that to myself? And then you spend ages in bed scrolling and then you realize that actually all of these hours that I've been sleeping, my body's been kind of um, losing out on water on, and, and, mm. and I'm dehydrated. When actually the first thing I should have done in the morning was jump out of my bed, jump out, go yeah. to my kitchen and just down this water. Mm-hmm. And early this year, I was really good about that. Like I would make sure that I put my phone like well away from my bed. I love that you mentioned earlier, like that phrase, it's not that deep. And for some people, social media can be that deep. Like you can create yeah. a whole persona from it. People make money from Instagram, from TikTok, mm. from whatever. People have had thriving careers. Like I've found jobs actually through Twitter and so mm. on. But yeah, we shouldn't let it consume our lives so much. And I think now where it's autumn and winter and we're kind of kind of like we're kind of winding down a bit. I just mm. thought I'd probably go through a bit of a detox. And I just thought instead of looking at Instagram, let me just go to my local park and try to go for a look like for a walk for example mm. or let me read a book let me actually do things that I would have done prior to social media being a massive <laughs> thing it's kind of like a numbing thing like when I'm on Instagram and I'm on the train or I'm on the bus I'm not very aware of my surroundings but actually now that I don't necessarily have anything to occupy myself with unless I'm listening to like a podcast or something mm. I can actually just look around a lot more whereas I'm not just mm. looking down at my phone like that you notice so many things when you're not on your phone like the world is happening, you know, you start to yeah. people watch, you know, different facial expressions and there's different stories going on. And we just really we shut ourselves from that when we're just always on our phone. Like it's, yeah. it has such a grip, such a hold on us and our attention span. And when you're mindful, when you develop mindfulness, it, it sort of like pours into every aspect of your life. You know how you start to interact with people. You start to be more conscious of the words you're saying and the emotions that you're sort of evoking. Um, you sort of become more mindful with what you're eating, uh, what you're doing with your time. And it really is sort of a good way to live, you know, yeah. um, in a yeah. world where we're sort of distractions are everywhere. It, it will enrich your life if you sort of stabilize yourself through mindfulness and mindfulness practices. Meditation is a big thing. Um, I really, really I've learned a lot from meditation, like just sitting with yourself. It's so hard to sit with your eyes closed because your mind is always trying to think of something to do or worrying about something either worrying about the the future or panicking about what happened in the past and that's because the mind it doesn't have control over the present it can't sort of create a scenario of what's going to happen right now yeah um, so you're sort of disciplining yourself when you're just constantly putting yourself back to the present moment you know and you're just sort of noticing your thoughts as passes by but you're not sort of latching onto them you're just sort of letting yeah. them come and go but you're grounding yourself in the present moment. You're being um, more of like a neutral observer. of your Yeah. Thoughts. You are literally the person who is observing those thoughts. Your thoughts yep. are very separate to you. I just don't think we are just like 2D beings. Like we're so multifaceted yeah. when you think of it like that. that there's so many entities within us and there's so many layers to us. We're not just you and I. Exactly. It's not just exactly. like me just as a being. There's a soul. There's a mind. Exactly. There's a heart. There's so much to us. You yeah. Know? That's beautiful. That's and I really wish that people would take the time and the effort to just sort of invest in themselves, especially in the years that we are in. You know, in our twenties, mid twenties, late twenties. Even it's a really, it's the perfect opportunity to invest in yourself because thirty plus, you're you you might start a family, you might have other commitments, 
So now is the perfect time to just dive deep, dive deep. Yeah, and be as selfish as you can about taking in as much knowledge as you can, uh, um, learning about yourself, giving your your body and your mind mm-hmm. and your everything like what you truly need, like basically put yourself first, ultimately, you know, when commitments like family, your like your work life, everything gets in the way. A lot of the time for me personally, when things are really busy in my life, when it comes to either family or work, a lot of the time my health has basically gone to the side and I've basically suffered as a result. And then now I'm like, no, that's not gonna basically be Mm -hmm. a non-priority for me. I'm always gonna prioritize that now, even if it means but I might just have to let a bad job go. No salary is worth my mental yeah, health. Yeah, exactly. Like, my mental health doesn't have a price. But when you have like a strong sense of self and a strong understanding of what burns you out, then it becomes very easy to sort of just turn things down and look for better opportunities that actually serve you in yes, the best way possible. Exactly. Like I've been so burnt out in jobs before where, and it's even more pronounced in these kind of months like October November December like I would literally go to the office a lot earlier and it would be dark when I leave my house and I wouldn't have time for myself so I wouldn't go out for lunch and I'd just literally be glued to my desk and then I would leave the office when it was dark and I just remember being so depressed and down and I was just like this is not a life you can't live like this and it just and it gets you down because you go home you spend a few hours at home just resting doing nothing you don't have any energy for yourself on the weekend and I was like this is a scam yeah yeah. and it's worse during the autumn and winter because it's so bitter cold it's brutal Mm. you have to wake up in the morning and there's no sun in the morning Mm. and you're just yeah it's not fun at all honestly it's even more so now like literally in these kind of months it's even more pronounced and that's what capitalism does it makes you forget that you're a human being with needs emotional needs physical needs it makes you forget all about that. And then you yeah. only have two days Saturday, Sunday, <laughs> to actually just rest, rest, let alone do what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> and it's in relation to it directly relates to literally to your working life again, because it's like, well, we're going to give you these two, two days to basically rest. And it's then you're going to come back to us. It's not yeah. enough. Honestly, it's not enough. I don't see it being feasible for any longer. And I know mm. that there is a lot of conversation about having a third um, day in the weekend oh. as well. So let's yeah. hope. Because I guess um, when it came to Henry Ford, like he fought for having a weekend, right? At that time, it did make sense because I think the laws at that time were that there wasn't really much protection for the working class. So you were kind of worked to death. Honestly, I think the pandemic made us realize that a lot of the time we're working from home and there isn't much of a boundary anymore. We don't have a boundary between our personal life and our work life. A lot of the time I found myself working a lot later than I usually did when I was in an office. Mm. So actually, who knows? Let's hope that one day inshallah we get <laughs> we get the day oh, no, we or, yeah. or we're just a bit more we're a bit more flexible who knows yeah we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens <laughs> we're, we welcome it with open arms don't we finally <laughs> before we go i wanted to ask you what you're doing for yourself during like the autumn and the winter so yeah what do you do to kind of take care of yourself during these colder months Selma? Oh, so uh, quite a timely question. So I am actually recovering from a really bad flu right now. Um, But I've been taking a lot of steps to sort of make sure that I'm nourishing my body. So the first thing I would say is rest as much as you can, especially if you're slightly under the weather like I am. Uh, Rest because deep um, REM sleep, so rapid eye movement sleep, allows your body to actually undergo a deep healing process, you know, rejuvenating your cells. You might sweat a lot at night. It's your body's way of detoxifying. So rest is number one. 
a lot of fluid um when we're out in the cold we sort of we don't have that thirst we don't really sort of detect thirst as much and then using a lot of herbal sort of remedies a lot of warming herbs and spices as i've mentioned before turmeric ginger chili nutmeg clove using them in your baking in your in your sweet or savory treats supplementing yeah so the key supplements for this season vitamin d obviously uh, you might want to get your blood uh, checked to see what the level is, if it's in an optimal range or not. Um, getting adequate daylight, despite there not being as much sun as we'd like, you still want to get some daylight. Um, and you also want, you need daylight to sort of regulate your circadian rhythm, which is yeah. a sleep-wake cycle. Um, when you're stuck indoors, even though you've got your windows open, it's just not the same as the daylight hitting your retinal. And then, yeah, supplement back to supplements, magnesium is key. Yeah, find a really good magnesium yeah. supplement. Zinc is important. Immunity, vitamin C as well at a high dose. Thing with vitamin C, you can actually take it every two hours because you it's water soluble, so you sort of excrete it. Uh, and B twelve as well for energy production, uh, or a B complex is fine. Um, but please, if you do take supplements, please seek um guidance because your needs might be different to my needs. Absolutely. Um, yeah. For instance. Yeah. And um, and just being very gentle with myself and taking a slower pace and not being hard on myself if I'm not achieving X, Y, Z at this time or this deadline. And yeah, taking basically the winter energy to sort of look inwards and, and to reflect on how the year has been for you. Uh, what's gone well? What have you done well in your spring and summer and what you'd like to take forward and uh, continue on for the next year so yeah. that's what works with me I love it I love it honestly I feel like I could listen to you all day to talk about Aww. what you do I feel like we could talk all day so no me honestly I, feel, I love it and I've had I love this conversation because literally we've touched on things like capitalism we've talked about nature <laughs> we've talked about well-being we've talked about Islam we've talked about everything because rarely ever is our health going to be something that exists in isolation it's always going to intersect with capitalism how does capitalism impact our health how does our health um impact our faith and how does our faith impact our health how mm. does nature impact Unity, our nature. Yeah, everything yeah. so mm. honestly I've loved this conversation and I've thank you so much so I want to get you back on one day again thank you so much guys for listening to this episode take care and stay safe bye up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.